S-A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here with another one of those podcasts with Sammy Rye. This week we're talking about James Gunn's big announcement. They cast the new Superman. They cast new Lois Lane for the James Gunn Superman Legacy film due out in 2025. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about music of the week, movie of the week, all those kind of things we normally do. But we're also going to talk about the big flood of films that are currently in the box office and how they're kind of drowning each other. It's a bit of a bad situation. We're going to get into the numbers and look at this and see, you know, is there anything that could have been done to prevent this? Should they stop doing this? Is anything going to change? I don't know, but it's, it's actually kind of bad. It's great for us because there's so much to watch, but there's some big budget movies that are losing a lot of money because there's so many movies in theaters right now. Uh, it's kind of scary in, in some ways. Um, those are my, my, my big topics for the week. Thank you guys so much for joining. I'm going to mention it's been 2,000 plays already on the podcast. That's super cool. I love you guys. Let's go. So one thing I want to get out the way before we really get into it is, uh, you know, the podcast has passed another benchmark for us, 2,000 plays. I remember when we first got 1,000 plays, that was cool. I remember when we crossed 100 episodes, that's like a big deal. 2,000 plays, I don't know if that's a lot to other podcasters out there. I don't know any other podcasters. But, as, I mean, that's amazing to me that you guys have actually tuned in over the amount of 2,000 times to listen to me talk. Um, and as I went back through the, the podcast to research some topics I want to talk about today... Um, Looking at the topics I've talked about over the last, I think, almost two years, it's just been crazy. I've talked about literally everything. The topics range from, you know, personal things to health and fitness, technology to video games to movies, um, some world issues, other like philosophical concepts. Um, So I'm I'm glad you guys rock with me because it's what I like talking about. It's definitely something that I feel like things that are on my mind week to week. And some things are just cool looking at topics, seeing like what was going on during the world. Obviously, like COVID episodes, talks about, you know, when the theater looked like um, the theater industry looked like it was dying, talks about when it looked like it was coming back. You know, it serves kind of like a little personal journal and a timeline of like all these things going on in pop culture over the years. So I think that's pretty cool. And I want to thank you guys so much for rocking with it. Um, yeah, and hopefully there's this unlimited amount of this to keep coming. As long as I can keep doing it, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, and we're going to hop into the topics of the week. Thank you. So the new Clark Kent and Lois Lane has been announced by DC, James Gunn, um, for the new Superman Legacy movie set to come out in 2025. Um, Clark Kent, Superman, will be played by none other than David Sweat, which is a name I had to um, pronounce and practice a bunch of times before we, we got into the podcast. And Rachel Brosnahan um, is also going to be starring as Lois Lane. Now, when I first saw those names and I saw the pictures in the article, I thought to myself, who are these people? I have no idea who they are. And I was kind of like, that's weird, especially since I heard Nicholas Holt was up for Superman. Um, and Nicholas Holt obviously won't be playing Superman now. But I like Nicholas Holt a lot. I don't know if I thought he should be Superman, but I know every movie I see him in, I think he gives 150%. I liked him in Renfield. Um, I've been recently watching Mad Max again, and he's amazing in Mad Max. I really feel like he's a, sh- a show stealer in that movie because all the other characters are so stoic and serious. He's just ridiculous and over the top and such a fun character in that film. Um, Warm Bodies, I saw again recently somehow. Uh, he's kind of been watching a lot of Nicholas Holt movies apparently. And, um, and he's great in that too. You know, again, I think these movies, people don't look at all these movies and say, oh, the greatest movies are ever made necessarily. Uh, even though Mad Max, I think, had like a 98% fresh rating when that came out. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was um, 
you know, cool here. Nicholas Holt was up for it. And when I saw David Karen Sweat as a, or Quentin Karen Sweet as a, as an article, I was like, I don't, who is this guy? And when I opened up the article and saw that he's the actor from, he's one of the, the stars of the Netflix show, The Politician, my brain exploded. Because when I saw that show and I saw just a few scenes with him and the way that he acted in the show, I thought, oh my God, this is the perfect Superman. And I'm not sure if I said that on the podcast. I, I went back and looked through all my episode titles. I don't know if I have one titled For the Politician. I have a bunch of episodes titled like, you know, the, the, the weekly rundown for TV shows. Um, so I would have to go back and listen to like 60 hours or I need to find some kind of AI program that can like scrub all of my things and say if I ever saw it. It doesn't matter really if I've ever predicted it or didn't predict it. I didn't predict it. In fact, I had no idea anyone else felt the same way and never ever thought that he was actually going to be Superman. So the, the fact that he is Superman makes me elated. I am extremely overjoyed. He is going to be a phenomenal Superman. And when I think about, you know, um, you know, talk about Marvel and stuff like that, I feel like Marvel's still looking for their guy. I'm, I'm hoping in the long run, a prediction I'm going to make and write this one down, I'm hoping Jonathan Majors is going to be that person for Marvel. I think the current situation going on in the legal system hopefully was not going to have any, any merit or any bearing on him. It'll be just a little thing that passes in a few months. Um, I believe Jonathan Majors is going to be the next Iron Man in their universe. I know everyone's saying, oh, he's Kang. My prediction is he's going to become Iron Lad. I don't think they're going to call him Iron Lad. I think they're just going to call him Iron Man. There's going to be a version of him in the future where he's Iron Man. Um, he takes over the mantle of Tony Stark in the year 3000 or whatever, and he's going to lead the new Avengers into the future. So I can see him being the next villain for 10 years, and I can see him being the next Tony Stark for the next 10 years after that and leading a you know, two-decade run as the backbone of Marvel. I believe that's who Jonathan Majors is going to be for Marvel. I don't know if that's what it is right now, and that's obviously a long prediction, but I'm writing that one down um, because I think that um, he has the capability to do it as an actor. I think people like him a whole lot. This is extremely unfortunate, the situation he's dealing with right now. Um, but so far, based on the, the early evidence they had shown at the first trial, they hadn't shown, but the, the defense had teased. Um, you know, it looks like he's going to not have any issues and there's no, there's nothing going on here that, um, anyone needs to worry about, but we'll see. But on the DC front, I cannot believe James Gunn, you know, and his team or whatever, you know, casted David Curran Sweat to be, um, Clark Kent. And I'm going to get to Lois Lane in a second too, but I have to talk about the Clark Kent situation, you know, first, because, um, you know, Henry Cavill being Superman made sense and there's definitely not... You know, those films and that, that universe, I think he was the best Superman for the Snyderverse. There wasn't a lot of other guys walking around that have said, hey, you know, he should be Superman instead right now. Um, in fact, until I saw the politician, no one ever, ever struck me as a person that should be the next Superman. It just, that, that person doesn't exist. It's a very rare person that walks around with a certain kind of attitude that reminds me of like the star quarterback of your high school who instead of being like a, a mean jock, is like a sweetheart. Is like somebody who is, you know, obviously popular, good looking, strong, and has all these things that would make him like an alpha male, yet he's also tender and understanding and like nice to people who are not popular and, you know, is able to tread those lines or walk those lines between like being, you know, the, the high part of society in school and also hang out with the kids that are like a little different and not judge anyone, but also like date the hottest chick in school, even though she's a kind of mean. I feel like, you know, his his acting in the politician 
embodied all of that, which made it seem like that's just who he is as a person. I don't know if that's who he is as a person, obviously, but it seemed like that's the kind of his character that he, he was able to portray in that show. And it's just a show about kids in high school running for class president. So just watching him on scene, it felt like you were watching Clark Kent or you were watching Superman in this Netflix show. I said, oh my God, that guy would be perfect. He's young. He'd be the future of DC. So yeah, that, that show came out a few years ago. I love that show. The show's amazing. The Ryan Murphy show on Netflix. Um, great two seasons. I don't believe he's in the second season except for maybe a flashback or something like that. Um, cannot believe that he's cast as Superman. That is literally a dream come true. It's a dream that's so wild, I never thought that would come true. So I'm extremely happy that, um, yeah, that that's, that's what it's going to be. And that looks like a really good situation for DC. I, I, I recall that James Gunn produced a show, a movie called Brightburn. I believe his brother might have wrote it or might have directed it. Um, but yeah, that's another film that's, you know, people forget about. I forgot about it. In 2019, he did a horror movie kind of spoof of what it would have been like for Superman to come down. He's a producer on it. Um, so I think that was one of the you know best examples of a more serious film. I think some people worry that the Superman film might be like too jokey or something like that. I don't think so. I think you know his casting with um, Rachel Brosnahan as Lois Lane is another spot on casting that I, I didn't see that one coming. I never would have predicted that one. She's phenomenal as the marvelous Miss Mabel. Um, that show is extremely funny. She's extremely witty, and she embodies a, a great kind of character that Lois Lane could be, which I didn't even remember could be a great character. Until I think about the marvelous Miss Maisel, and I say, "Oh yeah, she's a strong character. She's funny. She's she's feminine, but she also like doesn't take crap, right? She like tell you off, um, and she seems like she can like do like an accent if they wanted to do that, where she could be like that reporter, kind of just like getting in someone's butt. Which I'm not saying that's what's going to actually happen. I don't know if they'll be reporters anymore. Um, maybe they will be reporters. I don't know. I feel like that's a kind of a, a thing they've gotten away from in more modern films." I don't think people really think about being TV journalists so much anymore. Um, and, I, and, I, and I don't always like when they turn them into bloggers. Like, oh, now they work at a blog. I'm like, yes, give them another job or don't talk about their job. I don't know if we, I don't know if that, how clever it is anymore to be like, oh, this person works for a blog now. Aha, that's like a modern day reporter. I mean, just don't do it. I don't, I don't know. Make them a detective or something. Or I don't, I don't care what job they have you know, during the day. I never care about what Pepper Potts does at Stark Industries during the Marvel movies, like, when she's, like, not hanging out with Tony and the Avengers. Like, just get back to the movie where we wanted to see. You know, I don't know. Um, I don't want to see a movie with, you know, 30 minutes of Clark Kent changing in and out of his clothes the whole time. I don't think anyone cares because he wants everyone to know he's a reporter. Uh, Whatever. I don't know if that's what they're going to do. Hopefully not. But we're not going to see it for two more years. But I think it's already impressive that just off of some tweets and some little news articles... Uh, James Gunn has been able to keep the buzz up for DC for about six months. Um, it reminds you a lot of Ed Boon, who also technically works over there. Uh, Ed Boon's able to keep a lot of buzz going for his games and things he's working on just off of some tweets and some pictures and some teasers and kind of can keep grabbing headlines throughout the year. Um, so maybe that's something that you know James Gunn is also is really good at. I know he likes Twitter. Um, but um, yeah, it's amazing to me to see that that casting choice is phenomenal for both of those actors. Um, but obviously, I'm, a, I'm more excited about you know Superman because that is something that I saw years ago. I love The Politician on Netflix. It's now mandatory viewing. You guys got to already go watch it. And um, 
I was actually going to make it movie of the week this week, but I'm not going to do that. I guess it's kind of cheating. I talked about it enough already on this part of the segment. So we'll just talk about that. If you guys haven't watched The Politician on Netflix, go watch it right now. Um, and I dare anyone come back to me and tell me that he's not the perfect Superman once you see that show. Uh, he is phenomenal. And I, I really can't wait. Movie of the week. This week, I want to recommend a movie that a lot of people haven't really talked about, but it's kind of a, it's, it's one of those horror movies that are, is brutal. It's something that I usually don't like when it comes to horror movies. I like horror movies that usually have some kind of a, you know, an ending that is more of a, an upbeat or leaves you with something, something funny. I don't like when they're just mean, but I feel like this is one of those movies, but it was a good movie and the movie's called Brightburn. Brightburn, I mentioned it because on this episode, we are talking about the casting of the new Superman, and it's interesting that James Gunn is going to get to direct Superman because a few years ago he made a movie called Brightburn. He's not the writer and director on it; he's a producer. Um, I mean, that's kind of like you know him putting his stamp on it. I believe the writer and director may have been one of his brothers. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, um, but it's interesting to see that like you know at that time they're making this like indie you know anti superhero movie. Um, which like has a story that you know they can't say it's, it's Superman, but it's Superman, right? Um, and now he's actually making the real Superman movie, which is kind of crazy. Um, the movie is a good movie, has awesome special effects, um, very scary story, and really I think you know shows a character that's like Superman. Um, what would that really be like, or what it could be like um, if that was to go incredibly wrong? Um, so it's a scary movie, has different kinds of, you know, a different kind of killer, I guess you would say, or like, um, um, I don't know if you call him a killer, but like a, maybe an anti-hero. Um, it's a different kind of thing to deal with that you don't normally see in a movie. I think the only movie that ever came close to showing heroes in a scary kind of way was like New Mutants, and that was very, very light. It was not as as, as horror movie-ish as they kind of made it seem like it was going to be. But Brightburn's a horror movie. It's a real horror movie. So definitely check it out if you've never seen it. That's my pick for movie of the week. So the 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 box office is is flooded and there's a lot of movies drowning right now. And that's a shame. And we're in a really weird spot in 2023 because June 2023, even my friends and I had noticed that man, there's a lot of movies in the theaters, and there's a lot of movies you want to go see in the theaters. My family went to the theaters in the last like two or three months, way more than we've gone to the theaters. I feel like in five or ten years, like I we've been in the theaters. I think every single weekend, maybe twice a week sometimes. It's extremely expensive at this point to be going to movies for so many different things, but we still felt like we couldn't see all the movies. Some movies we had just to let pass. I know like Evil Dead was a movie early on in the year that we had to let pass, and luckily. I think it had like one week later, it was already on streaming and we just bought it on streaming. Um, that was a really fun film, uh, f- f- uh, you know, fun movie. But there's so much stuff in the theaters I have not seen. I have not seen a new Spider-Man movie. Not because I don't want to see it. I just couldn't go. I don't, couldn't even afford it at this point to go see it. Um, the new teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theater movie, I don't think it's in theaters yet. But I don't know if I'll be able to go see that. I'd probably go see that. Um, yeah, I think if it gets another week or two, I'd probably go see that. This is so much. We got the new Elemental, which my daughter saw with her grandma. Uh, she loved it. They loved it. But I haven't got the chance to see it. I know some people out there are saying, like, oh, it's not as good as other films. Whatever. Those, those films are always decent. They're never bad films. And they had a great time. They, they loved it. My daughter cried a little bit, I heard, during the film. That's all the things you look for in those films. I think you're supposed to have the happy and sad moments or whatever. 
Um, we liked Little Mermaid. We saw that in theaters. Uh, what else we got going on here? John Wick 4 came out recently. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 came out recently. Um, but right now during this particular flood, we're looking at The Flash, which right now is during this podcast recording is about $300 million worldwide at the box office, which is horrible. It is horrible. I think it's actually a little bit lower than Shazam, which might not be like that by the end of it. But currently it's sitting as like one of DC's worst films in terms of box office draw. I thought it was one of the best films I saw critically. Like I really loved it, my, my personal opinion. Um, I was amazed by it. And that if you guys are out there, you should go watch it. But I don't know if anyone's going to watch it at this point. Um, hopefully it'll come to streaming soon. I think when it comes to streaming, there'll be a lot of good word of mouth around it. But again, I, no one's like signing up for HBO Max to watch it. Um, so I don't, I don't know if that's going to make them any money that way. I don't really know how they justify how that money gets divvied out every month or whatever over at Max. But that's a shame for The Flash. Um, but also across the Spider-Verse is only around $550 million at the time of recording this podcast. I believe the first film, and I couldn't verify these numbers before the show I tried, I believe the first film broke a billion. Um, so I thought this one would easily break a billion too. Um, but it's it's struggling because then there's too many films in the in the theater. There's taking away money and people are making decisions to see different things. And I think that's a bad, bad strategy for these companies that decide that they need to flood July and June and all these summer months with stuff. They, the families just can't go watch all these these films. And even like Fast 10, I think that's around $630 million. Um, which is a lot lower. That film usually always makes a billion dollars. But again, I saw that came to streaming very, very quickly. I did see that in the theater with my mom. Um, but and after that, it's already on streaming. So I can see a lot of people saying, well, I'm just going to wait and just get it on streaming, right? And they probably know. They probably sold a lot of copies on streaming too. So I'm sure they made money that way. Also, the fact that it was recently announced that it might be a two-part film, maybe even a three-part film. I think that might have some people saying, ah, I don't know if I want to go see that. And it's, it's gotten, you know, it's a, it's a franchise that's extremely, extremely deep. I think Pirates of the Caribbean started having like that fatigue factor around like four or five films. And I think Fast is at, you know, 10 films with, I don't know if you count the spinoffs, how many films that series actually has um, if you're going to watch them all. So it might be people just not, you know, all going to see it. 630 million is not a bad number. Um, it might cross 700. Transformers is out. I forgot Transformers is out and I had plans to go see it. Um, it's not doing great at the box office. I don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head, but um, that's I, critically, I heard it's one of the best films so far in the franchise. They felt like it was a return to form for Transformers. It had a better story, um, and that's a shame that that film I feel like is going to be completely drowned in what's currently going on in the box office. And really, it's no one's fault besides the companies deciding that these films have to come out during this time, and that's not true. John Wick Four um, that that was made for a budget of a hundred million. It made $430 million at the box office, four times its budget. That's always like the golden, you know, uh, you know, successful rate for a film. Um, then we have, you know, what was the other one? Oh, Guardians. Guardians 3 made about $830 million at the box office. Um, very high numbers for Guardians, almost breaking a billion. Um, and that's, that's phenomenal that they did that, but it came out earlier than the summer. So I guess maybe there wasn't a great time for any of these films to come out. Because there's more films coming out this this um this summer and also into the winter. You have Aquaman's supposed to come out this year. The Marvels, I think, is all the way back in November, which is smart because the Marvels needs to be as far as away from. I thought it was going to come out in August, but I think they pushed it back to just avoid this this flood at the box office. And 
I I think that was definitely a film that needed to be away from things because I don't think that the Marvels has anyone talking or anyone waiting. They need to go see that in theaters. But maybe in November, if nothing else is going on and it gets some good reviews, that is a better situation for the Marvels. Hopefully, that'll be a good thing for um, for the Marvel this year. And we'll have to see. But woo, it's exhausting. Exhausting running through all those numbers and thinking about all those films. I don't know why they're still doing this, especially when like, you know, I definitely think The Flash would have did a lot better on HBO Max or, or Max as they call it now. Um, you know, maybe they needed the money. Maybe they need that $300 million from the box office. I don't know. Some people are saying that somehow they lost $400 extra million by trying to distribute it. These websites, when they come up with some of these numbers, I'm not sure where they're getting these figures from because it doesn't make much sense if the budget was $200 million, um, you know, and that's including advertising apparently for this current film. Um, or maybe that's not including advertising for this current film because I'm sure there was re-edits and they said there's some CGI that wasn't really that finished. Um, I don't know if that was true or if that was an artistic choice. The film does have some a little bit of, you know, flaky CGI at some points. But um, I didn't think it was that horrible. I mean, it was, you know, I thought it looked different. I thought it was almost like his own artistic choice of like how the film was going to look. Because um, a lot of it's like that. So maybe it was unfinished CGI. But I definitely feel like they they spent a lot of money on that film. So maybe it had to come out in theaters for them to make something back before it went to Max. But I think on Max it'll do a lot better. People will talk about it a lot more. And this is a shame. It's a shame to think about all these films that are technically, you know, a lot better. Not only is it a flood of movies in the theater, but we're talking about films that are critically all receiving high reviews. Transformer getting high reviews critically. Um, you know, The Flash getting high reviews critically. Um, Cross the Spider-Verse, rave reviews. Uh, Elemental, I guess that one you could say, eh, not so much reviews. My daughter said it was good. So to me, that's the only review that counts. You know, she had a little cry in the theaters. That's what, that's what you want from a kid going to watch a film. That creates that emotional bond with the film, the laughter, the crying. She she absolutely loved it. So Ellie Hustle says it's the greatest film of the summer. And that's that's what we're gonna say on the podcast. That's I'm I'm biased and I don't care, right? Everyone else is biased. I can be biased every once in a while. Um <laughs> and then Turtles looks good. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles looks pretty fun. Yeah, it's a, I mean that's a great situation for the box office, and I gotta give a shout out to Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Um, because I do not re, re, um, remember, I do not have not forgotten. That, um, you know, he brought back the box office in a way that I did not see coming. And I'm extremely grateful. I think a lot of people are grateful. Um, they, they really love cinema, love films. And I feel like this is, you know, he should be sitting back somewhere and nobody drinks. Like he drinks a Tom Collins. I'm picturing him drinking uh, Arnie Palmer or something like that, right? One of those drinks I don't even know anything about. Um, just enjoying his, his summer because he deserves it. And um, I believe Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is coming out soon. And I will make my best effort to go see that film in theaters because he deserves it. And it looks like it's a return to form for Mission Impossible, even though those films get a lot of good reviews in general. Um, but it looks like it's going back to the original Mission Impossible. And I will admit that that's when I really, really was in love with Tom Cruise and everything he was doing. Mission Impossible 1 was such a great film. Um, I loved Mission Impossible 2. I know that one people were like, weren't all in for it. But I thought Mission Impossible 2 was awesome. It was like everything I wanted at that age. Um just with the the way it had like almost a little bit of Asian influence. I think the the director was a, was it John Woo the director on that one? I think he was. I I didn't research any of that before the podcast. I'm just going off the cuff here, freestyle at this point. Um, yeah, and this is a great thing to see so many films and all these actors. Indiana Jones is coming out. I I, I don't want to forget anybody, but this is so many films, and I don't. I'm not a big Indiana Jones fan necessarily. I love Harrison Ford. Um, but I'm excited about the new Indiana Jones. 
especially because of the controversial, the some use of CGI or de-aging they did with him. I don't care. I, I want to see a young Harrison Ford in the film again. I'm all for it. And for my scenes from the trailers and stuff, if they want to go at some point, maybe in a five years from now, and do an entire young Indiana Jones film with a CGI Harrison Ford or a DH Harrison Ford, I'm going to go watch that. I don't care. Um, I just, I really do not care. If they somehow make a deal where Harrison Ford gets to be an actor forever and they're going to turn him into a program, I'm going to go watch Harrison Ford movies. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll sell them to a streaming service or something like that. Um, I think there's definitely room. If the movies are good and they have good stories, there's definitely room for that. Because there's some people that just have not been duplicated. The same way you don't duplicate Iron Man, right? If you have, you know, I'm a fan of Ironheart, but Ironheart is not Iron Man. Ironheart has to be her own character and do her own things and, and create her own legacy because Iron Man is just awesome in his own kind of way. Um, there's certain actors that are just awesome in their own kind of way and you're not going to duplicate them. Um, and if you're able to bring them back and somehow, you know, um, preserve them in some kind of CGI form and have them have performances with other actors... I think that's awesome. I think that's fun. I think you probably get to a point where the actor is on set and they can see the actor, the CJ actor they're acting against, and they're probably going to have a kick out of that. Imagine that. Imagine being a young actor and you get to act against a CGI Bruce Lee, someone who's you know obviously created with the most utmost respect and a great character put together into a film with the blessing of the family and all that whole thing. And you're an actor and you're sitting in some kind of like green screen room or not even that, they have the unreal projection screen rooms that they do. Bill Burr talked about it, and he explained it in such a regular common man kind of way, the way Bill Burr will do it, um, about working on Star Wars, on how they say, oh, does it suck you know, working against all those green screens? He said, no, it's not like that anymore. You can see everything. You can see the robots. You can see the things you're working with because they're all in the projectors. So it's not as hard to act against the green screen. So like that common complaint the actors have had forever... When you think about this future with CGI actors be acting with real actors, you might think, oh, that's going to suck. Well, no. If they think of other ways to actually help the actors perform against these other characters and make it a more immersive experience for them, that might be really fun for the actors to do. That might be more fun for them to do these kind of you know, um, event films in the future. If you can give them some kind of goggles or something that lets them see the stuff they're acting against. Imagine being someone in like a VR situation with some kind of you know high Hollywood budget level you know, thin, see-through VR glasses, something amazing. And they say, okay, now you're in this film where New York City is falling apart. You put these goggles on as an actor and you look around and New York City is actually falling apart around you. Oh, it'll, it'll feel amazing to you. It'll, you'll act because when you're playing VR um, with the best games, it'll get an emotional reaction out of these regular people in the middle of their home playing VR. So you give that to an actor who gets to act against all that stuff, the performances will only get even better. So the future is bright. That's, that's, what, that's what the podcast, Samuel Rise, is always talking about. You look at all the past episodes we've done and everything. We're looking forward to the future. Things we're talking about. Only more and more and more amazing things are to come. I'm glad you guys are here rocking with me. Let's keep it going. Music of the week. This week, we're highlighting a new album from rapper Killer Mike called Michael. And, um, you know, you go ahead and put the album on. And I think, you know, Killer Mike's a rapper I don't think about a lot. I know I like Run the Jewels. Um, but he has a great, awesome flow. I know my friend describes him as mature rap. Um, a lot of the topics I've heard on the album are very serious, very thought-provoking. 
Um, but his flow is exciting. He has a very strong presence when he's on the mic. And that's kind of the cool thing about, I think, Run the Jewels. Whenever he's on the mic, it sounds so powerful. I know a big game that I liked a whole lot was um, you know, Cyberpunk 2077. And, um, you know, I, I was really hyped about it. One of the biggest things I was hyped about it was some of the music that they were making. And, you know, Run the Jewels is on there. Um, I always liked them a lot. And it's nice to see, you know, Killer Mike do an album that looks like it's just about him and his, you know, what he, the story that he wants to tell, basically. Um, I thought I love the cover, the album art. I was just sitting here listening to it actually, and I was like, I, I haven't felt like someone tried to make an album in a long time where it seems like this is a body of work, a collection that has like a you know a point from beginning to end. And I think this is really something that um you know shows that he's an artist that comes from an era that remembers what it's like to make an album. I, it's one of the biggest things I'm disappointed in with newer music. It's like, I love all the hits. I just feel like no one's really sitting down trying to tell a narrative from beginning to end. Not necessarily like a, a cohesive story, but a story or having like a collection where like it all kind of fits together in some kind of way. So I'm really excited about the album. Hope you guys check it out. Again, Killer Mike, the album is Michael. Go ahead and listen to it. I got it on Spotify. Peace. the after show with sammy ah, thank you guys so much for another awesome week again thank you so much for 2000 plays you guys sharing you guys supporting you know i don't do much to promote the podcast it's really something i like to do and when you guys listen to it it's just kind of like a small thing for us i don't really care about the podcast being a big thing so the fact that we got 2000 views and or 2000 plays or whatever and you guys are sharing it and stuff that's so cool um i really can't you know i can't really say enough about it i'm happy you guys still want to listen and come back and stuff like that week after week um, it's awesome. And, you know, I hope I'm providing value to you guys and I'm gonna keep doing my best to keep it going. You know, um, other things I got going on, I, I'm now my YouTube channel is more active. I'm putting content out based on, you know, being creative, but mainly Fortnite creative is what I'm really working, working on right now. Um, there'll be room there for other like creative endeavors and stuff like that. But with Fortnite creative, I've really been spending lots and lots of time in there recently. I published my first map, Club Rescue. Me and my daughter did that map together. Um, and now I'm working on a map by myself called Battle Road. Um, it's inspired by like post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, I think there is a video up there right now, actually. I made a bunch of videos. Um, but the, the only one I've put out so far is me showing off the um, the Battle Road map. There's another map I'm working on that I'm going to make the entire map on YouTube. So you can see from beginning to end how a map is made. Um, I've put, I don't know, well over 100 hours into Battle Road, and there's might be another, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 hours left. Um, still programming a lot of the missions and stuff like that, because Battle Road, Club Rescue took me about one weekend, and then like a week of just testing and, and updating things. Battle Road has taken well over 100 hours, um, and there's maybe another 30, 40 hours left, because I wanted to not make something that big, because I thought I couldn't commit. Um, to something that big, um, a map that you can play forever. And then kind of, you know, as I've got more and more into it and I was inspired by it, I wanted to make something I thought would last forever. Um, I wanted to make something that wasn't disposable, that you wouldn't just skip over, something you would come back to and want to play for a very long time. So I really looked at all the maps in the community and thought, you know, when I play them and when I try them, what do I feel like is missing? Um, and, you know, I'm taking basically what I feel like when it comes to my ability to direct, my, my instincts for directing and storytelling. Um, he's adding that spectacle, 
adding that excitement, that action, and Battle Road, you know, it was a perfect place for it to do that. It features a um, an endless race. It's really 100 laps, but technically the race doesn't end. Once it finishes, you get rewards at certain checkpoints. Um, and every lap, you get blessed by the gods, and they give you another gun. Um, so you get all these guns for free. There's also ways that you can earn and buy specific guns if you want to. Or you can just hop in, start racing, and everyone's racing around the map. And um, there's AI characters from both of the main factions on the map. They're shooting at you. Um, it's just chaos. And there's a lot of, um, you know, special effects that got to do to kind of show the experience of, you know, for the one map. And when they start off, for example, they're prisoners and they have to escape from this, this like, uh, tribal place where these guys basically worship gas. They're called the Gas Gorillas. Um, and then if you start off on that team, if you're the gas gorillas, they just love gas and they're crazy and they have these big trucks and big cars and they modify their cars. Um, they have all this gasoline. There's a big bonfire created. You can like pour gasoline inside of it and just dance around the emote, which is the fun anarchy that you can have in Fortnite sometimes. So I'm hoping that's for those kind of people. Um, there's a little secret base for the, the other team. The other team are like the Wanderers. They're not really a team, but they're kind of like all the prisoners that are trying to escape from the gas, the, the gas gorillas. So, um, yeah, it, it, it should be fun. Again, all kinds of cool vehicles, um, custom-made map, everything done by hand. Uh, wow, just so much, so much stuff. I can't even talk about it all. It would just be here forever. And that's why the YouTube content's coming out, showing off the different things that we're doing. And um, so excited about it. I've actually already spent lots of time in some other maps I've made, uh, but I'm, I'm not done those maps. They're, they're, they're more like the prototype stage. Sometimes I'll take a day if I'm extracted by a new idea and say, well, let me see what this would be like. And I'll start a new map and go in there and start roughing things out. And that's what you're going to see with um, the second map I'm doing for YouTube. I'm trying to get the whole map done or close to being done. And then I'll put all the videos out, um, mainly because I think it's a really good idea. And I don't want anyone to steal the idea while I'm not done making the map because they see the YouTube videos. But I think that's how I'll do that. I think I'll you know make a lot of content for a map. Um, you know, edit it, put it on YouTube, keep it unlisted, and then premiere it, you know, little by little. And that'll give me time to then work on the next map. Um, we'll see how that goes. And yeah, just um, try and stay busy, really being really creative and doing those things. My daughter, she's home for the summer now. Um, my son's home. He's just chilling. Uh, he's kind of getting older, ready to do his own thing. Um, he's been focusing a lot on his diet, which is really impressive. He's lost a lot of weight just dieting, not really doing any exercise. Um, the most disciplined I've seen him recently um, I've been really disciplined working on my things. My daughter's been disciplined working on her things. She's got a lot of maps that she's working on. She's constantly in there tooling around with things, um, doing art, doing music, swimming. Uh, I think we're starting violin lessons soon. Um, and it's been a really creative atmosphere in the house, which is great. He's having it going all the time. There's always somebody doing something. Um, and it's been super fun. You know, I actually modified my living room. So now I sit down on my couch instead of like pulling out my cell phone or something like that. Even if I'm watching TV, I usually have access to some kind of tool I can create something with. Um, and I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm thinking about other concepts and things I could do to make the channels more interactive. And I'm more active on Reddit. That's going to be my number one place, I think, now. Um, I might bring some of the people from Reddit to my Discord. But I feel like Reddit is a great place because there's already a community built there. And hopefully if I build enough interest, then people might want to come to my Discord. Um, I know the Discord is not very active. It's not over. I'm not going to stop with the Discord. I just really want to bring people in there that want to be there and want to chat and want to talk. I've mean, got a lot of friends and stuff that showed up, and I appreciate that initial support. But I don't want you guys to feel like you have to, you know, always talk and support, you know, the channel. I want to bring in some strangers and stuff who really just, you know, are interested in the maps and being creative and supporting each other and stuff. So it should be fun. 
Thank you guys so much for all the support. I mean, another great milestone for the podcast. And um, hopefully we can see that, you know, go over, travel over to YouTube. And I think on YouTube, I have a lot more interesting content there for you guys to see. A lot of spectacle and excitement. Um, a lot of ways I can express myself with, you know, Fortnite Creative. And I implore you guys also, try it out. Go ahead, hop in, make maps. Um, I'll help you. I'll play with you. I'll, I'll promote you. I don't care. I think everyone should do it. I think everyone should do a podcast. I think everyone should do everything they want to do. I think they should be creative and, and live life, you know, putting everything you can into the world. Um, why not, right? We don't have that much time. Let's just go ahead and enjoy ourselves and support each other and be positive. Yeah. What a better way to end the podcast. And on that note, right, you guys have a great week. Peace.